Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and this episode of Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris is a Mothercraft nurse of over 30 years experience. She has helped families all across Australia with all kinds of things from babies not sleeping to feeding issues to toddler behaviour issues, anything that might be tripping you up at the moment, Chris is here to help you out. If you're joining us live through Facebook, you can pop your questions below the video. If you're watching us via watching. If you're listening to us via the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Chris Minogue, how are you this morning? I'm very well, thank you. That is brilliant. Let's get cracking though, because we have all these questions people want answered. Uh, The first is an email from Tara. She says, my little boy has just turned six months old and for the last two months, he has been consistently waking anywhere between 8 and 11 p.m. Then he wakes every two hours after that. His usual rhythm is, she's given us lots of information, Tara knows us well, <laughs> uh, wakes around 6 to 7 for a feed, 8 a.m. breakfast, three ice cubes of fruit with rice cereal, 8.30 till 9, bed, sleeps anywhere for one to two hours, 10.30 to 11, feed, 12 lunch, three cubes of veggies, two-thirds a cube of fruit, 12.30 to 1, bed, sleeps anywhere from one and a half to two hours, 2.30 to 3, feed, 4.30 to bed or, oh, sorry, 4.30 in bed or car or pram, 5 to 5.30 dinner, three cubes veggies, two-thirds of cubes of fruit, Six bath, six fifteen, six thirty. Sleeping bag, white noise, and feed in his dark room. We'll feed until he's asleep, which is around seven. For day sleeps, he self settles with the comforter and white noise. If we are out and about at midday, which can be a couple of times a week, he will have his second sleep in the pram, uh, but will only be around thirty to forty-five minutes. We'll have about an hour or so later for his third sleep. At night, he currently sleeps in a singlet, full onesie and a 2.5 tog sleeping bag. And the room is at about 20 to 21 degrees with an oil heater. We always try resettling if he wakes before midnight by patting or picking up and rocking, patting mostly with success. Then I'm too tired and sore. He's nine kilos. So we'll feed back to sleep at each wake up after that only takes 15 to 20 minutes. He can usually do a longer stretch early in the morning and go from 3 or 4 a.m. till 6 or 7 a.m and wakes happy, which makes me rule out being cold. Has he just developed a bad habit or is there something I'm missing and I need to change it up? Would love any advice and help you might have. Over to you, Chris. (laughs) Well, Tara, you've got a great little rhythm going and that's the first thing. But I think there's just one little thing we can swap up. I think he's overeating his solids, therefore not breastfeeding well in the day. Therefore, he wakes up more frequently at night to feed. So this is going to sound contraindicated to everybody else, but we're going to decrease his solids a lot. So usually they only have two tablespoons in the morning, two tablespoons in the evening, and either finger food or nothing for lunch. But because he's on lunch, I think we move down to one tablespoon of food I think he's overeating and therefore he reverts his feeding, as in milk feeds, to the night. So he takes drinks from you in the day. 
So the next little thing is the sequence between his dinner and the last breastfeed of the day. So at six months, I'd probably have their dinner between 4.30 and 5, so that when she goes to feed him at 6.30, he's nice and hungry for that feed and he feeds really effectively. So remembering that the milk feeds are still the important part of their food source and their overall nutrition, not how much food we can put in. So food at this point, it needs to be decreased so that we can get that rhythm. And it's perfectly fine for him to take a feed overnight, but it would be nice to see him develop that six or eight hour window of sleeping across the night so that we get really good sleep patterns for him. So I think if you decrease the food, he'll increase his milk feeds in the day, a little bit of resettling in the early evening, and it'll move back to what you're looking for, which is a good stint, one feed, and then another good stint of sleep. Good luck with that one, Tara. Uh, now, we have an email from Jessica. She says, love the show. I've only recently discovered it and have been binge listening in the car. I have a 19-month-old son who hates sleep. He has been weaned to one breastfeed at night before bed and one in the morning about 5.30 when I'm around. Hubby can get him to sleep with a bottle of cow's milk when I work late. Until a few months ago, he was a demand-fed, no real... No real routine kind of kid that worked well for us as we aren't a routine type family as we live between our city home and the farm he has since started daycare and i have tried to start implementing the same sort of routine as them to make the transition easier as it stands he wakes between 7 or 8 a.m i know this is probably because of the early morning breastfeed Try to get him to nap around 12. At daycare, he goes down on the mats with a bottle of cow's milk and they pat him to sleep. This does not work for me. It's usually a bit of, fight, bit of a fight and lots of crying and shushing until he finally falls asleep. I lay next to him or sit with him until he does. Midday nap generally only lasts 40 to 60 minutes unless we're in the car, in which case he will get the full two hours. I try to travel, time our travel to the farm with nap times to use it to my advantage. Bedtime is between 7 and 8. On a good night, he won't wake until around midnight and then around 5. Bad nights, he's very unsettled and we're up and down all night. Another thing to note is that we have never practiced cried out or controlled crying and never planned to. I do let him whinge or tanty but never let him be upset. He also sleeps on a floor bed and has done for a long time. We tried to cop for a while and could not get him to stay in there. We can get through the day with no nap and be quite okay in the evening. Is it too early for him to drop his nap completely? Can I get away with letting him go without a nap some days and tweak his bedtimes accordingly? Over to you, Chris. Right. Well, he's 19 months old and it has been working. And I think that the, with the daycare and them looking for structure, it's sort of thrown the family a little bit because the methods that they were using were working beautifully for them. So... I think the first thing is he's too young to go without a day sleep. I think he'd turn into a very difficult, fragile child by the end of the day, no matter how non-rhythmically you create the day. So I think he's far too young for that. So most little ones don't give up their day sleep until they're about two and a half at the earliest and can carry it through till they're three or three and a half. So I think 19 months with days of daycare would be pushing it. 
But what I would do is take your cue from what they're doing at daycare because you've got him on a floor mat at home. They've got him on a floor mat at home. But he's now much more aware of what people are doing. And I think that's been the main problem here. But to add or aid your case of trying to get him to have a sleep of some description, he probably needs to be awake for five and a half hours. And maybe it's better if Jessica uses the rhythm of five and a half hours than the time of 12 o'clock because he does it for them at daycare because they make him do it because they turn the lights off or the kids go down and someone is patting him to sleep with a bottle. So if you take those elements but add the five and a half, you might get a better result from him and a calmer baby by the end of the day. So if he was up at seven, you may not put him to bed till 12.30 or one o'clock. And then you might have more success at just sitting there and patting him and him sleeping for an hour. And then he goes down to bed at about seven, 7.30 at night. And that rhythmic pattern sort of is easier for you to cope with than the designated time of 12 o'clock. So I would go with five and a half hours awake, try for a sleep, and then again awake for five and a half hours and then put him to bed and see if the rhythm sort of helps um, him associate with what happens at daycare and what happens at home. But initially, yes, he's too young to give up a day sleep. Our next question comes from Fiona on our Facebook Live. She says, hi, Chris, my 10-month-old wakes two to three times a night and will only go back to sleep if I feed her. Lately, even that won't work and we are up for hours before she will go back to sleep. She's either screaming or happy playing when she wakes. Any suggestions how to get her to sleep through? Uh, Fiona, the, what I would do with a 10-month-old, now we'll have to assume that she's sleeping quite well for you in the day you know, getting around three hours of sleep in the day in some way and that she's just waking out of habit at night and probably being given a feed and has gone down to sleep. And now that she's getting older, she's just much more aware when you come in the room to do a feed to go to sleep. She's also aware that you've come in the room and she's waking herself back up again. So uh, the first thing I would be asking is, does she feed to sleep during the day or can you get her down to sleep without needing to feed her? And if the answer to that is yes, then what I would probably do is use those strategies of settling her when the first wake up happens. So if she wakes at 10 o'clock, then try and resettle her at 10 o'clock. And if your partner goes in, that might make it much easier for you to resettle her. And the second wake up, you feed her. So if you resettle at 10 o'clock, and she's a 10-month-old, it's going to take you a good 20, 30 minutes to get her to resettle, but then she sleeps till 12.30. Then I would do a full feed at 12.30, and gradually we're going to push the feeds out till you're down to one, and then when you're comfortable, go down to no feeds overnight. But that hinges on her going to sleep without needing a feed in the day. If she's been fed to sleep in the day and that's been working for you, it's probably that association at night. So when she wakes, she needs the feed to go back to sleep, but she's now at an age where if you come in the room, she goes, oh, there's mummy. And it's almost like it's playtime and you have to go through a whole cycle again. In that case, I would start to teach her to settle, self-settle, um, a little bit in her day sleeps as well as her night. So there's consistency. 
So when you, you put in her down awake, walking out, dim the room, walk out, leave for a few minutes. If she needs you, go back in, lay her down and patting her until she's calm and quiet. Little cuddle if she gets too worked up and then back in the bed and a pat till, cuddle, till calm. And then create that pattern of doing that settling across her day and her night. And that will help her to learn to self-settle across that window. Next question comes from Facebook Live as well from Rachel. Hi, Rachel. She says, my 18-month-old girl twin and sometimes my boy twin has a terrible habit of pulling my three-year-olds and myself and hubby's hair. I've tried to find triggers, but it's often at random times. They both grip so hard, it's difficult to get them to let go. We have tried a firm, don't pull hair, etc., but they think it's funny. Any suggestions on how we can break this bad habit? Well, if they think it's funny when you say don't pull mummy's hair or don't put daddy's hair, then the message hasn't got across that pulling hair isn't what we do. So one, I think you, when you, you know, children, they either hit, kick, bite, pull hair, you know, there's something that they do. Once we're aware of that behaviour and it's a behaviour that we want to change in them, we also have to be aware that if we pick them up to give them a cuddle, they're likely to go for a pull of the hair. So I would be, when I was picking up to give a cuddle, maybe bringing both arms forward so that they're sort of sitting a little bit further, a bit lower down, a bit closer to me, so that that hand can't get up to the hair. So avoidance, they unlearn the behaviour. If your three-year-old's sitting there playing Lego nicely and quietly and one of those twins is edging up towards them, I might use a little bit of distractions to come back and play with me. But once they've done the act of pulling the hair, they need to understand that that behaviour is different to come and sit in your high chair for dinner. So it might be all on the same tone and the baby doesn't actually, and the children don't actually know that it's not what you want. So if my little one picked me, I picked it up and it pulled my hair, then I would put them straight on the floor and say, we don't pull hair. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be that simple. But there has to be some sort of reaction so that they know that pulling hair is different from everything else that they've done. So in this case, I'd, I'd be watching them a little bit closer over another week. I'd be trying to distract them when they got closer to the three-year-old. I'd be aware of how I was picking them up, but if it got to the point where they're pulling hair and they're really pulling, then I need to put them down for a minute and tell them we don't pull hair. So I think that bit's right but they need to understand that that's different by tone to something else that you might be asking them to do. This one comes from Gretel on Facebook Live. She says, hi, Chris and Siobhan. I have a two and a half year old who is showing signs of dropping his day sleep. He was getting one and a, one and a half hours, 12.30 till two. However, it was getting harder to get to sleep in the evening and there was regular night waking. We have now reduced it to one hour, one till 2 p.m., and he is still taking around half an hour to get to sleep at 7.30 and sometimes still waking overnight. How do we best reduce the day sleep to help the night wakings and for how long do we keep a small day sleep going before totally dropping it? Thanks. Okay, so I think a lot of parents end up with this. They can sort of see the sleep going, but they can't work out how to get the sleep to go. And then part of their brain wants the sleep to keep going because two and a half year olds are busy. So once you've realised that their sleep is really affecting their night, their day sleep is affecting their night sleep, and you've got it down to an hour, I usually very consciously try 
to um, get rid of the day sleep over two, two weeks. So the next week, I only give them 40 minutes. And I try and do that 40 minutes in a car or maybe on the couch, not so much in their bed, because they often drop into a very deep sleep and are very agitated if you wake them at 40 minutes. So at this point, I might cozy them up on the couch, close down the lounge room, sit, read a book, you know, mummy's rest time and your rest time. And they just doze into a little 40-minute sleep. The second week, we do a 20-minute sleep. And that's often easier to achieve in um, a car because you can just ride around, the sun warms them up and they just have a little tiny sleep. And so we're weaning them off that sleep. And with each of those movements, your night should get better. So you might find that when you drop him to 40 minutes, actually his night behaviour is much better and you just keep that 40 minutes until you see the um, behaviour um, uh, appearing again at night. And then you might drop it down to 20 and then it disappears. So first have an idea of what you're doing. And then once they've got rid of their day sleep, you'll find that randomly over the next couple of months, it might just need a 20-minute sleep and it would need to be between the 1 and 2 p.m. to still get them into bed at 7.30 and not affect their nights. So sometimes we choose to give them a sleep because their behaviour tells us they're overtired. But after a couple of months, then they're usually weaned off their day sleep. And the other point is to make sure daycare is doing exactly the same as you because otherwise they'll get too much sleep in one and not enough sleep in the other. So keeping everybody on board and doing the same thing. All right. Our next question comes from Rhiannon on Facebook Live. She says, hi, Chris. First, want to say I love your book. I wish you had oh. a toddler book as I use your first book as a Bible. There you go. There's a challenge to you. Uh, thanks. The toddler, toddler book, book please, yeah. on the way. It might take a while. but uh, <laughs> Rhiannon, you'll have to have another baby. Um, I have a 32-month-old who, who has been refusing day naps. So it started with him refusing, then on one weekend, but was um, started with him refusing them on the weekend, but was still having them at daycare. I thought he just wasn't burning enough energy on the weekend due to lockdown. Then he started only having a nap at daycare every second day. And I remember in past helplines, you mentioned this can cause a jet lag effect. Also, antics at bedtime have started taking over one hour to two hours for bed. He would open the door, turn on the light he can reach from his cot. I read, how, I read how you mentioned to wean off the nap and possibly give a nap on the couch watching his favourite show. I have tried this, but he doesn't fall asleep. Or a 20-minute nap in the car, but due to living in Melbourne in stage four restriction, wow. that is not allowed. Oh, you poor thing. Also, he's still going to daycare four days a week as I work in emergency services. We tried cat cutting the nap cold turkey and what a nightmare. He started waking really early. He used to do the one and a half hour nap up by 2 p.m. So on the weekends, I gave him a 45 minute nap between 1 and 2 p.m. But I had to rub, rub his back to get him to relax and fall asleep. Only takes around two to five minutes. And at night, we started using bedtime explorers, which he loves. Excellent. <laughs> takes uh, 30, to, 30 minutes to one hour to fall asleep. But he is laying down the whole time. Win. My question is, I know we will have to drop this soon. How can I do this with him? I'm worried about creating a habit rubbing his back. At night, I only do it for a minute to relax him, but not to sleep. I think rubbing his back for a minute or two is perfectly fine. I don't think that's a problem. 
um, unless he starts asking for more and more and more of it. But I think, you know, explaining to him, mummy will rub your back and then she's got to go and, you know, empty the dishwasher. We'll do the trick there. I think with this one, he's actually trying to give up his day sleep. But when they give up their day sleep, as we previously spoke about in the previous question, you need to move his bedtime earlier. So some people still want to put him to bed at 7.30, but they've given up their day sleep. So the very first week of giving up their day sleep, you have to go gently because they'll be fragile from about 4.30. So often I would say, okay, let's give him dinner at five instead of maybe six so that he's not arguing about that. And then let's give him a bath straight after the bath, uh, sorry, straight after the dinner, so that he's not, he's not getting himself worked up about that. And then at any point from six o'clock where it feels like the whole thing's falling apart, I'd put him to bed. So maybe 20 past six, I'd be reading those stories. Half past six, I'd be rubbing that back. Now, if he lays there calmly for another 20 minutes, that's great. Um, if he's then drops off to sleep, it's better. But usually in that very first week, you have to put him to bed earlier. And that might be why it didn't work the first time because he became too fragile. Then he became overtired. So don't be frightened to put him to bed at 6.30 on the week that you've given up the day sleep. But it does sound like he needs the day sleep given up to fix the overall problem. Okay. So try putting him to bed early and I think you'll find it'll work the next time you do it. Okay, and Rhiannon, I'll stay on Chris to do a um, toddler book, okay? Yeah. Just let us know when you're having another baby so she's got a deadline. <laughs> we have an email from Kelsey. She says, my nine-month-old baby still isn't crawling. My early childhood nurse says not to worry because some babies never crawl. But the oh. thing is, she sits and whinges to be picked up all the time instead. And I think she would be much happier if she could move on her own. Any tips on how to get her crawling? Look, I think the thing here is most children do crawl in some way. I wouldn't say that children miss crawling. And the actual crawling window, if you look at child development, they, you know, are on their back and they're on their front when they're little. They learn to roll. And some babies get very proficient at rolling. They roll, roll, roll all over the place. But actually the rolling is the important bit because then they push up, which is their tummy time then they should push back into that crawling position. But often when the baby gets a bit more strength around the five, six month mark, parents start to sit them. So then they don't know how to move into the crawling position. Some of the clever babies about nine, 10 months will fall onto their hands to the side and then that will propel them back up into that crawling position and off they go and crawl. So we see babies crawling from anything from about five or six months right through to about 11 or 12 months. And I think that's why the early childhood sister said, look, don't worry about it. But I suspect by what you're saying is she gets sat a lot and therefore she can't move. Now she's whinging. So there's two things we're going to work on. One is when she put her down, don't put her into seated position put her down on her back or put her down on the front so she gets even better at that rolling to see if she can push into a crawling position. That's one thing you can do. And the other one is to see if you can, if you've got three or four stairs in the house, you see if you can play the game where you put a toy on each step and she starts to use the crawling mechanism 
to understand how to move her body. But I suspect she's been put in a seated position and she doesn't know how to get out of it. So therefore she's whinging for you to move it. So by you, you going back to putting her on a back and a front and getting her to move her body a little bit more, she might do that combat crawl with both arms and one leg, or she might get up into a proper crawl and that will make her happy and do a little bit of that motion, which is going upstairs and see if she can handle that. And that might help her into a crawling position but they usually do it in their own sweet time. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a question from Wone on Facebook Live. This may be our last one. It depends how quickly you answer it, Chris. Yeah. She says, uh, hi, Chris, my son is turning four in December. How do I know when he's ready to give up his day sleep? He has one nap roughly around 1 p.m. and it varies for, uh, from one to one, one to two hours. Sometimes he goes longer. I can't wake him up because he gets really cranky. He does look tired by three if he doesn't get a nap, but I reckon he could stay up if we don't put him to nap. But he does take, a, he does get a bit whingy. Having said that, regardless of his nap, he sleeps very late at night, takes one hour to go to sleep, and I've struggled to bring his bedtime earlier. Sometimes he falls asleep at nine. Sometimes, even if I get him to bed earlier, he fusses until 10 or 11. Help! I think we just have to take away. He's a four-year-old. I think um, I would really set aside four or five days of just not giving him a sleep and understanding, like the previous two questions, when to put him to bed. So we know he's going to be a little bit fragile where he normally would have a sleep. Um, and we're not sure if he does any daycare or whether he sleeps at daycare, but bring everybody online so everybody's doing the same thing. So let's assume if he's going to bed that late, he's probably sleeping till more like seven or eight in the morning. So if he was up at seven in the morning, I would think I would be putting him to bed between 6.30 and 7.30 in the first week that you've dropped the sleep. And then as time goes on, his day will end up being about 13 hours long. So if he gets up at seven in the morning, you'll go to bed about eight. Now, the really difficult thing with four-year-olds is he's probably had a long time of this behaviour. So now he thinks he stays up till you go to bed, almost like at 10, 9, 10 o'clock at night. So we've got to reset the, the whole picture. And the beauty of a four-year-old is they love rules and they love charts, so let's write the new chart out. So you can start by saying there's no more day sleeps. You don't need a day sleep. You can sit quietly with mummy if you get tired, but there's no more day sleeps. Make sure you bring his dinner forward, his bath forward, just like the previous um, questions, and then start to put him to bed um, if he was up at 7 at about that 6, 6.30, 7 o'clock window, and then give him the skills maybe using our bedtime explorers to get him to lay still and calmly in order to go off to sleep. But as a four-year-old, I would just get rid of his day sleep. All right. Well, you know what? You took us right up to 12 then. So, uh, Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks uh, for all your pleasure. help. <laughs> and thank you to everyone. Oh, look, she's oh, in demand. Right. 
Oh, there you go. That's okay. Can't help it if people want you, Chris. Uh, And thank you to everyone who popped their questions on the Facebook Live and those that emailed them in. Don't forget, you can ask questions again next week. We will be back at the same time on Facebook Live and then, of course, in the podcast feed later on. Um, But I will mention here that if you... We're thinking that you needed more intense time with Chris Minogue. She is one of our experts at the Babyology Sleep School. We have other experts there where you can actually ask questions, which Chris makes it a lot easier, doesn't it, when people can actually yeah. speak to you. Yeah. Do a bit of back and forth. Backwards and forwards. Yeah, and Chris can get a better sense of your uh, parenting style and what you're comfortable with. It can be hard to communicate that all in a message on Facebook, although, Chris, you do a very stellar job anyway. Um, So please make sure you do that, and uh, we will see you again next week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.